loose definition is like when you're feeling inadequate to fulfill a certain role or kind of like a who am I to be where you are, where you are, or the voice of this or the advocate for that, or like who am I to be like starting a podcast or who am I to be, you know, doing anything in life? Like who am I to write a book? Like someone might be 35 years old and they're going to write a book. Well, who, who am I to write a book at 35? I don't have all the answers or it's just this idea of like, you're not good enough to succeed in a certain yeah. role or you're you don't have the prerequisites or you didn't you don't have the experience or the the credits or whatever it may be but it's like you're feeling like I'm not good enough to do this you still have people like text you like dude I just checked out your podcast yeah so my subscribers have like after a hundred, the hundred was the big number. Like I didn't have a hundred before I posted, and now it's at one twenty-seven, and that number has crawled, crawled like one or two, on a day maybe, but like it's sort of, like, I don't know. It's not as buzzy as it want, like as it was obviously when we first shared it. Oh yeah, like, that makes sense. There's still some like, like I look at it every once in a while, and it's almost it's at like nine seventy-five views. Do you think it's dipped after the scandal? What do you mean the scandal? There's oh, did they? Oh yeah. Not know about who? What do you mean the scandal that you had? Yes. Okay. Oh right. Well, because it's just baseless at this point. It's just, right. I so, didn't know there was a scandal. It hasn't been brought. You didn't to, hear? What hasn't been brought to oh, trial? God. So we haven't. Dude, I, you revealed the social security <laughs> number of someone on, on your show. <laughs> we had to get. Did, one of my close friends who's also a detective involved, yeah. And he told me that there was no... What did he say? What was his language? Oh, I was completely making up the scandal, but uh, now I remember this. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, like, I was like, no, there was like a legitimate, like... Maybe convince the audience that there's some dark, shady past that you have. Just like, <laughs> wait, you just... They're all rumors, they're just... Wait, you just made up there was a scandal and Sam just admitted that there was a yeah, scandal? Yeah, increases notoriety. Like, you oh, get shit. more people to listen if they're just like, oh, he's kind of a bad boy, he... You just Twix Twix. Joe, you just dropped your two Twix bars. <laughs> and now they've both disappeared. <laughs> need a moment? Joe needs a moment, dude. No, no. Shout out Twix. Quick plug. Do you want to try the Kit Kat, buddy? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I can handle it. Okay, tell us about... Uh, you. Oh, yeah, because I didn't want to tell Joe about this. Oh, you, so Because I, I wanted you to still be able to explain it. Because you told me... No, no, I didn't want him to tell you beforehand so that we could say on the podcast. I'm trying to think of how it, like, first originated. Uh, my friend Kayla texted me. No, she messaged me. How did this... I might... Oh, my phone's dead. I haven't gotten an update in, like, a week, though. Dude, so I got a message that said, Hey, like, I just got texted from this number... Is this you? You know, mm. clearly it wasn't. You know, this person had knew it wasn't me. They could feel it wasn't me. And then I got another message. And this is from a number that you don't have in caller ID. It's just completely. Six one two two one five five zero four zero. Did you just out the spammer? That's his number. Okay. Text him, tweet him, call oh, him. Oh, bleep him! Oh, bleep him! Beep. Yeah. So that number. Hit me up. Not hit me up. Hit up a close friend of mine. Not even a close friend. That's the thing. I mean, Kayla, I love you. We're, we're close. But, like, more of a colleague and acquaintance. We graduated together. 
close, but not super close. And the, the messages were like, hey, what's up? How are you? How's school? Like, knew a little bit about these people. And, but, the, but they opened with, hey, this is Sam Johnson. Yeah. Hey, this is what? Samuel Johnson. Wait, did it seem like they already knew a little bit about your friends too? Or were they just kind of a little asking? Bit, a little bit, yeah. Like, uh, so one of my friends, Emily. How many friends? So I had four or five female, all female reach out to me. Because so this is what happened. I had two or three reach out to me, right? And then this I... This is maybe the best wingman you could have ever <laughs> Dude, this dude is... Low key, my guy, my dude, my my club. I could have never thought of that line. Yes, so, that is me. That's my phone. Actually, yes. <laughs> so this guy or girl, I, I shouldn't assume. I shouldn't, you know, who knows who, if it's a male or a female or how they identify. But they said, "This is Samuel Johnson. How are things? Like, how are you doing? How how are things going? Thanks for the support on the podcast. What Shout the out." Thanks for listening. Super, like, literally dropped the pod, the P word, podcast, and said, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. I'm so excited about it. Uh, okay, I thought when you sent one of the texts, though, it was like, they said, I heard your podcast, and then they, in response, said, like, oh, yeah, I'll take any support I can get for the podcast. Or you do, do you think they knew about the podcast going into this? Uh, personally, I think they already knew. I think that's how they got this sort of idea or this thing or whatever you want to call it yeah but you might be right and i don't have my phone in front of me so i can't confirm but there there was a drop of the pot like yeah thanks for listening take all the support i can get i'm plugging away trying i was like what is going on and sarah is this happening in real time um i'm like babe i don't know what's going on but you know because when you text who you messaging because i'm because i'm yeah. It's just going, what are you doing? Who are you writing the book to? And I'm like, not now, shut up. Wait a minute, wait a minute. And she's going, no, 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 you wait a minute, buddy. Who's Emily, you know, who's Kayla? And then, bloop, Emily, bloop, you know, another name, another name. It's like, wait a minute, what is going on? Um, I like to text female friends. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're just my, you know, yeah. But I explained and I said, listen, uh, this is what's going on. This is, this is the deal. Now I remember how it happened. So I'm at my butt, how it, how it first started. I'm watching the Giants in Tampa Bay. Danny Dimes, baby. Yeah. It was the game, I think Eli got, did he, did he get benched or did he yeah, get benched. injured? Yeah, he got benched. Right. And so, so Danny Dimes is diamond and I'm watching the game and I'm, and this is so bizarre. I'm at my buddy's house and his girlfriend was a couple grades below me, Malachi. Shout out Malachi. I love you, girl. Uh, you're out of school. You don't need to talk about grades. Anymore. Okay, you're right. We're out. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> we a, use, I'm an adult. In now. the real world, we use okay. years. Okay, she was. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't even matter. But you're right. I don't yeah. know why I. <laughs> she went to a different once school. You're, <laughs> once you pass the age of twenty, age doesn't matter until you turn forty, and then it's right. like everyone above forty, you're like you're just old. Right. You're just yeah. Old. I was. I grad. Real quick, just aside. I graduated in 2012, so like 03 third grade, 07 seventh grade. Yeah. Oh, nine, ninth grade. Like, I, it's convenient for me personally. Like, when I was in first grade, it was yeah. like, oh, one. So I just, for me in my brain, I just always just put things into my grade level. But anyways, uh, I'm sitting there watching the game, and she looked at me kind of funny. I was like, did you just text Sadie? And I was like, what? I'm checking my fantasy. Like, no, I didn't text Sadie. Like, yeah. shout out to Sadie Kalicki. How you doing? And uh, she's <laughs> like, well, because you just texted her from a 612 number. And... I said, no, I didn't. And then I got home. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, no, I didn't. I'm with you. Like, you know, I didn't text her. But yeah. it was so weird because Sadie texted Malachi and said, 
Sam Johnson just texted me out of the blue. And it just yeah. happened that I was with Malachi who she texted. Wow. Really yeah. weird. And I was like, no, whatever. Let's go Danny Dimes. I'm a big Danny Dimes guy. Not a Duke basketball fan, but I'm a Duke football fan. Okay. For what it's worth. But uh, so then later that night I get home and I get another, I get a message from my friend Kayla. And she said, you know, this is what happened. And then I got another message from my friend Emily, Westbrook girl, Emily. So now it's three Westbrook girls. So then I made a Facebook post. And said, "Okay, this is real. I've had three separate people reach out, and yeah. this is I posted. There could have been more who never, never said anything. Yes, yeah. so weird. And so I posted a, a status and said, "Hey guys, uh, this is happening. It's not me. Obviously, like, lol. You guys know my number. Like, you know me. I wouldn't, you know, weird. And that was it. And then I had a few more girls reach out to me and say, "Hey, by the way, just so you know, that number reached out to me too. And I said, "What did they say? Like." Most of the time, it was very surface. It was just weird. They weren't trying to get credit card information. They weren't trying to get... They're just trying to support the podcast. And I support them Wait, it was that. just a text message saying, like, check hey, out my podcast. Hey, what's up? How are you? How's school? Weird, dude. Weren't, weren't trying to access anything kind of really other than pervy. personal information. That's weird. Very pervy. The one... The, the, the Wait, one, what's the area code, by the way? 612, Minnesota. Minneapolis. That's weird. Very weird. Well, so, they could be hide. You can hide that stuff, right? And so I talked to my guy, dete- my, my detective, my friend, my buddy. He's. It's a professional relationship. It's where it's. We're started. not allowed to say his name. Detective Close, Officer Close. Okay. Yeah, we can say his name. Detective Claus. <laughs> Claus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Christopher. Green. Oh, 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 there's some missing presence. <laughs> Did you find the murder? No, but actually, Someone, this guy, this guy was. Somebody's here. been naughty. <laughs> you get cold. Stop texting those girls. <laughs> he uh, he was my SRO, my student resource or school resource officer. He ended up. He was one of my football coaches, and then he became kind of a, a the person, the, the professional relationship involved in kind of a personal relationship and. So I reached out to him and I said, what do I, what do I do? This is really fucking weird, dude. Like, and he said, well, listen, and I sent him all the screenshots cause all the girls sent me screenshots yeah. and he said, there's nothing criminal happening. Um, most of the time, like my friend Kayla, for example, 612 number, Hey, this is Samuel Johnson. I'm not Samuel Johnson to her. I'm SJ prime time, baby. Like yeah. that's weird. Anyways. Hey, this is Samuel Johnson. Like, <laughs> how are you? Yeah. I'd be like, yo, what up? K dub. Kayla yeah. went, you know what I mean? How you doing? Or like, it would be just a different vibe. And so she knew right away, like, this isn't who I think it is. But this other girl, Emily, this uh, this other girl, she got caught. She got, he got her going. And he's like, how's school? And she's like, it's good. How are you? And he, and it was weird because he was like, how, he found, like, through conversation, he said something super vague, like, are you in any, like, teams or clubs in school? Like, I know how active you used to be. And she was like, yeah, I joined a sorority. And he was like, oh, how's that? And she was, like, telling him information, like, oh, it's good. Yeah. Like, we play, whatever. And then, so, she reached out to me and said, you know, this isn't you. I was like, no, this isn't me. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm apologizing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. This isn't me. So, I talked to Detective Close. He's like, you need to let your administration know that you're doing, like, this podcast and it's not you because I'm a public figure. Like, I'm a, you know, and I... Just weird, man, and I'm and I and, and that's when I reached out to you. I can't remember if it was the if it was our group chat or if it was just you personally, Chris. Yeah. But I was kind of I was kind of in the dumps a little bit, man. I was uh, I was a little I was feeling a little powerless, a little overmatched. Um, Has there's another stopped? Samuel Johnson walking around. There's another guy walking around. Has it's it stopped? Exactly I don't you. know. So I googled the number. You have to find him and kill him. So there's only I, one. I want to murder this this person. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, 
No, it's it's revenge. I mean, if you guys see another point. Samuel Johnson, that something seems a little off, and his eyes twitching, just kill him because that's not the real one. That's that's the clone. <laughs> just get him. Just get him. <laughs> just get him. So, yeah, man, just kind of hit me in the feels. So let me just conspiracy theory real quick. So, where's the area code? Minnesota, Fifty-one, right? Minnesota. Six one two, right? So, so I was, and there was a lot of positive support and reviews and whatnot after the you know overall it was overwhelmingly. For the most part, it was positive. I mean, it was it was good vibes, and there was three a total of three comments in two videos. There was one on the trailer because shout out to YouTube, the algorithms they support you. I don't know if you noticed, but they a little bit, yeah. a little bit. At least I mean, I only had like five comments, right? So they, but so they said nine comments, but it only showed the seven that were like, "Good job!" Like this is awesome. But I counted, and I was like, there's seven, but it says nine. And I had to click a filter that said, show, like, all. And yeah. it was like, oh, oh, these other two aren't so positive, man. And it was, shout out to YouTube for hiding those for me for as long as they did. But one of them said something along the lines of, like, talking about season one, episode one, the why. This is a bunch of bullshit. And you're a self-centered, narcissistic, you know, asshole yeah. that's just, like, talking down. And, t- and, and, and I was like... Damn, that kind of, it like, it got me. It got me pretty good. Yeah. And so conspiracy theory. It's him. Guess what his or her, well, first of all, their image is like a, it's, it, I can't, it can't be a real image. It's like, it's a real person, but I can kind of tell it's, it's like a silly, goofy, someone making a goofy face or whatever. I'm assuming it's not this real person, but guess what they're, they have two letters. That's their name on Facebook. And guess what those two letters are? M.N. Like, mm, like maybe like Minnesota. I, I don't know. Minnesota? That's and their that, name so? on Facebook. That's their name on YouTube. On, on YouTube? YouTube comment. It's just M N. That's M N. And M N. I mean, I don't know. I think Minnesota as like an abbreviation of the state. Could be. I don't know. It was just kind of weird. And I was like, wait a minute. What is going on? I wonder what he was planning to do though. Like, was he just texting people that you know, or was he? Because it wouldn't be hard to find that it's linked to your Facebook. I mean, you say your name a bunch of times. This is There's indication some guy, that's in Westbrook. Some guy stumbled across this YouTube video, realized that, hey, this this kid is now starting a podcast. He's getting a good amount of attention. That's my end for trying to take his identity and get some information from his inner circle. Yeah, but what does he want in. information for? Right. Like, what's the what's the objective? Here? Like, because did he just want to like? There might be some strategies. He wants to text girls that you know. Maybe assuming that you're single and you're interested in these girls, and then once he builds that up, he can come. He can somehow like once they believe it's you, he can just embarrass you, and then ruin your life. Uh-huh. That's I mean, so that's chaotic. possible. I don't know how long the text messages went on, and it's possible that there's some girl out there that never saw your Facebook post and never got contacted from you. And now hates you for saying that terrible thing you said to her. Right. I... Like, if someone just says, like, it, it could... Maybe you don't find out until a month from now, but there's some random girl you haven't spoken to in six years, and she's just, like, she sexist you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? I know. I th- like I tried to do the Facebook post as if that would just be, like, a... Like, wasn't me, but yeah, you're right. Like, maybe... I don't know. It's bizarre. It's very, very... Bizarre, and you just like jokingly, or I don't know, maybe it wasn't a joke, ruined your life. Yeah, that's why it's like, is there people like, what, what, why, like, what, what, 
I just, I just am really having a hard time yeah. understanding. It's probably because the first episode was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> dude, no, no it was pretty good. It was pretty good. My favorite comment, dude. This guy's like, this dude is really talking about his one shitty play in high school. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. First of all, first of all, check, check it. Hold on. There was many shitty plays <laughs> that I had in high school, yeah. and that that was one of the that was probably you could argue the the good one. Like that was a good one. It's just I, a highlight reel, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, nah. I just thought I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny. Um, but it's hard. It's crazy that some random person listened to the whole thing. <laughs> well, yeah. that's it too. It's that Jimmy Wheatley. Can we talk about number eighties? That's at like the thirty-seven minute. Yeah, it's like, that far it's like, hey, you thing. you were pretty in, dude. Like, yeah. shout out to you for for grinding <laughs> yeah. through. You got through the. You got through all. You know. Yeah. A ton of a ton of that that heavy stuff, and and I mean, the why it had to be heavy, yeah. right? In nature, you know. Dude, I once something. you hit the twenty-minute mark, you're a fan of the SJ primetime show, no matter no matter what your motive is for listening to it. Right, and if you're it, actually mean, some people listened to that much, and then they became Samuel Johnson. <laughs> they wanted to be you. <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah, I want to be SJ. Yeah, you just create a cult of personality. A lot of people in Minnesota really want to be Samuel. <laughs> I'm seeing Johnson. people with backwards red hats everywhere now, just <laughs> right. walking down the street. Right. And beards, just, <laughs> a wisp of gray in them. A little cult following there, huh? Yeah. A little like SJ Prime Time. Yeah, I got spooked. I was in a little bit of a funk, honestly, because I mean, the first, when I first posted the trailer, I was like, "All right, it was it was a birthday gift to me." I very deliberately put it on July twenty seventh. That's my birthday, and it was like, "You you've you've earned the right to 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 do this, man, and to try to ch- chase a dream or to to be vulnerable or to to go for it." And I had, like I said, it was o- like all my friends were going, "Good job, man. We love you. You can do it." And it's like overwhelmingly positive from Nana and Grandpa and my friends and my fan and. And I had like two or three thumbs down. And I remember asking Sarah, I was like, babe, how, who would, what, you know, and I had all these positive things, but I was so focused on the ne- the three bad comments or the two thumbs down. I, I lost sight of all the positives and I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm acknowledging it and I'm trying to like, no, I'm not. I hear, I read your comment. I see you. I see your thumb down. That's fine. But I'm, I'm, I'm coming over it. I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to push through it. And I think for me, it's hard to like tell a football player on the team or a kid in class or whoever, like grind through adversity or keep plugging away or work hard in this last sprint because it's easy to just fold and just like give up when, when, when things get tough or when it's convenient to kind of do that. And I think... I don't know, man. It, it was it was it was really positive after the first one, but I, I hit a little bit of a, a little bit of a rut there, and I think I think it's important to acknowledge it and then to overcome it. And I think for listeners or for whoever, it's like if you're, you know, I, I let me just take a step back. I used to play a game with my mother. We would play a game when when I was a young kid, and I mean, really, like two, three, four, five. We had a we had a red Ford Explorer. And I don't even, we didn't even have a name for the game. It was like the twin game or something. But anytime we'd go out for a ride and we'd see a red Explorer, because I was, I was looking for the same car that we were driving. I'd say, Mom, look, there we are. There's our twin. There's our twin. And we'd try to count as many matches as we could find. And we would find 10, 15, 100 of these red Ford Explorers when we would just go to Hannaford and back or the grocery store and back. 
And then she got a new car and it was a black, it was a black Explorer. And then she got, and we played the same game and we would see those black Ford Explorers everywhere, all over the place. Then she got a white Ford Taurus and we would, and we would see them everywhere. Then she got a Subaru. And then eventually I became too old and we stopped playing the game. But no matter what car we turned 22. And then, and then she said, listen, stop counting the cars. You're, you're a junior in college, you know? The yellow one, mom. <laughs> mom, look, there's, there we are. And uh, I, I think for me, the point was like there wasn't any more red explorers or black at any given time, but it was just what we were looking to see. And I was looking for red explorers, so I found them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and some of it might be like insecurity about it. It's like, okay, is this podcast really good? Oh, there's the comment. Like, there might be 30 positive comments, but like, oh, there's the one comment. Yeah, it is bad. Or, right. or, yeah. or, or your reaction is on the surface. You're like, no, it's not bad. But there's some part of you that's doubting it, so you act with hostility. Mm-hmm. And I think like the thing you always need is... When you're going into something, um, in terms of putting out something that's public, you need to already just go into it prepared that some people will hate it. Like all of your favorite artists, uh, musicians, athletes, like go look at their pages. People, LeBron is probably the most hated and most well-liked NBA player right now. And, uh, it reminds me of there was this kid in high school who was like he was just hilarious and but the teacher would always get mad at him because he would make these make these jokes but like we were in this this history class that really a lot of times it'd be early in the morning and everyone was just tired and you're taking notes and it's it's such a quiet class because it's like kind of a strict class all of these kids are here for uh you know, it's an AP class. And so kids are just quiet. They open their books. They start taking notes. And this kid would just always make the day so much better. And he would take these risks with his jokes. And I know, like, I would just die laughing in that class. And it would be something like, and the teacher would get mad at him every single time. But we had, uh, like, the class president would, this was when we were, like, I think I was a junior. And the class president would give an announcement. It was just some dumb thing like, hey, it's October 14th. Uh, today we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance and I'm going to play this song. And he chose a song or a stupid joke or something. And he played this song that he thought was cool. It was like this techno song and it had like this techno voice. And then this kid, Kevin, just goes, what is this, Stephen Hawking's new hit single? <laughs> and and uh, the teacher just goes, Kevin, that is so inappropriate. <laughs> and I was just like dying laughing. And Shout just, out to Kevin, you know who you are. Yeah, and it just yeah. made the class so much better. And he would get scolded on like over 50% of his jokes. And I know not only did the teacher dislike the jokes, but I know some of the kids, like not every kid, most of the kids liked it, but there were still like those really like prim and proper kids that were just like shaking their heads in the back of the class. And it's like, we would have never thought that he was funny if he didn't do that. And if he was concerned that the teacher or those two kids in the back of the class are going to think that it's uh, disrespectful to make this joke, no one is ever going to think he's funny. And so that's the same thing with so many things in life where whether it's putting out a podcast, like you could have a very good podcast, but if you're afraid of one comment or even a hundred comments that say, 
I don't think this is good, then you're not going to make the podcast. And you can actually look at all of the best podcasts or all of the best movies and just look at the reviews and they all have negative reviews, some amount. And the the more popular they are, the more negative reviews they have. And so I think going into something, you kind of have to expect, you know, don't, don't like wait for it to pop up and say like, oh, there it is. You suck. Why would you say that? But instead, just go into it saying, like, okay, everybody's going to hate something, you know. There are people who hate dogs, and that's, like, you know. What is wrong with you yeah, if you yeah. hate dogs? Do- like, but no golden retrievers just, like, oh, I do suck. Yeah, I am pretty, I'm a pretty bad pooch. <laughs> yeah, Maybe we should introduce ourselves so people know our voices. Holy cow. Because we've been running for, like. A while now. We oh could do goodness. a separate intro thing too, but um, Wait, are you but Chris? Let's do that. I'm you Chris. Joe? I'm Joe. Chris. I'm also I'm Chris. Send out all those texts. No, this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, was that you? We caught him. You're SJ. We're not sure who Samuel Johnson is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Joe, and yeah. <laughs> I have, I have amazing no, conversations. Yeah, I have no, I have no attributes I want to tell about myself. I'm just I'm Joe. Joe is the, Joe. the nothing special. The glue, I would say that kind of holds this thing together. You guys, I got the tech. You guys got the tech. the tech. Yeah, you yeah. are. You bring up. We, I mean, we saw. We all saw it in the logo. We saw it in the trailer. We saw it in in episode one, kind of. The potential here, I think. I think a lot of people are like, how, did, how are you able to pull that off? It's like, I wasn't. I just told Sarah, I'm the, I'm the, I'm not the smartest dude in that room right now. And we kind of chuckled, but yeah, you guys bring an element of professionalism <laughs> that, that would not have been achieved otherwise. And while we're on it, let's just, do you guys do anything on the side? Like a YouTube, do you guys have your own thing that you guys like to do or? Well, you know. We have so. this stupid little YouTube channel. <laughs> quick plug. With quick one plug. video that has 616,000 views. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Um, I always say it's not if, if, you guys have already blown up. You just alluded to yeah. that video, that huge yeah. viral video. Uh, not yeah. if you blow up, when. It's called History Dose. And that's uh, not Spanish. That's not D-O-S. Everyone yeah. thinks it's Spanish. It's D-O-S-E. Like His- a dose of medicine. Okay. History Hist- Dose. History Dose. Yes. Yeah. And I think we have, what, 11? We have 11 videos right now. Yeah, and we have about so five and a half thousand subscribers, right? So we're growing. We've been up for about like a year. Um, and pretty much Chris is a history major. I'm really good at Photoshop, graphic design, all that stuff, and video editing. So he does the research. He creates the history story that we're going to tell, whether it's like, what did people do before glasses who had bad eyesight? What did a Wild West duel actually look like? Or our recent one about the Easter Islanders. He does all that research and then I come in and I do all the video editing and we create pretty much something that's like, I think is pretty unique on YouTube. It's like really good, solid, smooth editing with a good tight narrative that you can sit down and spend six to eight minutes watching and you're like, oh, I was entertained and it flowed pretty well and I learned a lot. Link in the description. Yeah, yeah. we're going to link it. I, and I would say this Let too. Let get that URL. Yeah. <laughs> check them out. Literally, literally right now, if you're not driving, pause. Check or, them out. Or even if you are driving. If you're driving, driving just, it's, it's worth your life. So. Yes. Literally. <laughs> yeah, they just it. implemented that new hands-free lava. Yeah, but I think you can have a couple of touches. So if you hit the link, <laughs> yeah. 
Just in between, like, Stop red lights and stuff, podcast. just hit podcast just sucks. Like, subscribe <laughs> and then hit the notification. Real quick, leave a quick thumbs down and some hate comments, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then text all the girls that Sam knows. <laughs> yes, please do. How did they get their phone numbers? I asked Kayla, and she said her number's not on Facebook. And she sent me a picture That's of weird. her profile that <coughs> said... No, not, I mean, no. there's no number listed. So this person obviously knew who you were, so they somehow had to figure out that you had these contacts. I have an Uncle Brian who lives in Minnesota. What? Uncle Brian, Brian did this? I swear, and he has sons. Dude, he has a bunch, <laughs> a handful. I have cousins. Kelly. Oh, what are their names? They were so young. Shout out Andrew. to Kelly. Shout out to Andrew. Andrew, you're decent golf. What's the other one's name? Sam oh, Johnson. A... Sam, listen. No, there's another one of you little <laughs> bastards. You're a Johnson. I do know that, though. And oh, they're in, I think they're in St. Paul area, Minneapolis. I don't know where that. Break into that. Give me a piece of that. I already, I already ate my Twix. Yeah, we got some candy. You can have here. this. But what I was going to say about the um, about the history dose is because that's a that's a... Well, it's more... I'm thinking out loud here, but... Because that's a pretty, like... The market is... is There's a lot of... There's a lot of cooks in that kitchen, if you will. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot... But that's why I, we're trying to do something different. Like, we we intentionally have a style that's unpredictable with editing. We have very tight cinematic storytelling, which is, like, a lot of the history channels that do video essays type things. It's more like a slideshow that's just lecture format, and yes. it comes off really dry. Yes. So... It's a... It's a to your point, it's a glorified PowerPoint, okay? Because you watch some of these, yeah. 22 million, okay, that's cute. I'm sleeping by the third minute. Like, I'm sleeping by the third minute. And when I watch a History Dose video, you don't give me a choice to sleep. You don't give me a choice to, it's 1744, we're on the ship. That's my best, Chris. Where yeah. there is that Heath Ledger. That's weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's like, you guys don't give the, the audience a, a choice, but to be, it, you're, you, yeah. you thrust us in the middle of the action. We don't give you guys a break. We're just, we're no pauses in the narrative. You're just coming along with us no matter what. And I, I mean, you can kind of discover your style too, based on like what you dislike. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many channels out there. There are really good history channels out there, but... There are some other ones should we that bash seem a to be specific one, or should we? Let's <laughs> tear them down. At history, <laughs> no, we, we probably should uh, just in case people. But uh, they, uh, I mean, so many of them will just start out and like they give you a summary of everything they're going to say, and that's the worst. Like in the nineteenth century, the British colonial empire expanded to here. Today, we're going to be looking over their explorations in India. South Africa. And then just start right there. And how about, like, let's start with something violent or mysterious. Give me the blood and guts. Let's, like, let's start in the story and then use the story to explain the history. Right. And the way I was thinking of it today is that when you read, if you were going to read a book, just a fictional book about a character, they never start by saying... This is the location that we're the that the story is going to be set in. Mm-hmm. This these are the dates that the story will take place in, mm-hmm. and here are the names of the characters. That's a terrible way to tell a story. Yeah. And all the the only difference with history, that, well, so in a novel, they you just learn that stuff as you go along. That's the same way you should be telling history because we know uh, the story is the best way to tell to convey information in an engaging way, and. 
So it shouldn't be any different. We shouldn't be giving you a summary of every single point like it's a professor's slideshow. It should be, here's one character, here's what's happening, here's the conflict, here's why you should be invested in it, here's what happens, and here's the setting along the way. And then I think from that point, you end up remembering it better because instead of just obscure names and dates, you remember, oh yeah, this guy killed that guy yeah, right. right after the Civil War. And like, there are like... I'm not going to mention anything, like, any channel specifically, but there are, like, other YouTube channels where they will literally, before they tell you the story of this historical figure, they'll give you a timeline of their entire life saying, this is when she was betrayed by her sister, or this is when she was poisoned by her vassal. And it's sort of like, okay, well, now all those twists and turns in the stories will surprise me. Now that's completely spoiled. Where when we make our videos... This is like you're witnessing it as like uh, someone temporally, you know, in time. Right. It's like, in real time to the viewer. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, I can't believe like that's what actually happened to, that's what the Dutch did on the Easter Island. Like, you're not given a timeline where you know all and you're omniscient right away. We we make you like an actual passenger in the story. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You, you, what you guys do is I don't need to bring anything with me. You know what I mean? And I'm just there. And I watch it for seven or eight minutes and I have everything that I need and I don't need to keep notes as I go and wait a minute, I need to go back, pause, go back. It's like I'm engaged in this story. Yeah. And then by the end of it, it's like, wait, that's it? It's over? And then I want to do my own research. Yeah. I want to dig a little deeper. And I don't want people to feel like they have to memorize things as it goes along and say like, oh yeah, Centurion is a legion of this and okay, Julius Caesar and this year was doing this and then have to rewind. It should just be the same way you would watch a story. You don't have to go back and rewind and say like, Oh wait, is Bruce Wayne Batman? Like exactly all of that stuff. You give me everything I need part in of the real story. time. Yeah, and I just give you what you need, and then just have these little side things to tell you where you are in the story. But yeah, so in that way, we're kind of on the same path. You know, the podcast and YouTube channel, where we're dealing with putting out content. Telling that stories. becomes public public. Yeah. Telling stories and trying to refine your style. And then also like listening to feedback, trying to grow it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's I mean you you guys know. I mean we were talking off the air uh, before we started about I mean your aw- awesome Easter Island video and then someone's like slandering. I mean someone's like, "Nah, fake news essentially did yeah, you want to yeah. like maybe quickly talk about that like yeah. how you handled that and they how... called our research garbage and they <laughs> linked to one huffington post article yeah. saying this and is what really image happened. yeah and it was so i kind of had to go through and just like dispute every claim that they made um and i know how to do that but like it was that person was getting likes or it was on reddit so upvotes but, and real quick, for people that don't know, an upvote, I just learned this, so I'll explain it as if I'm fancy-smancy, <laughs> but an upvote. You don't know anything. It's when, you know, your likes and your dislikes sort of counteract. So if I were to have five likes and five dislikes, I'd be at zero. And so an upvote, I'd need ten likes and five dislikes, and I'd be at plus five. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Spoken like a true 60-year-old mom. <laughs> <laughs> So let me get this. A lack is a thumbs up. <laughs> I'm a southerner too now, I guess. All right, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, but I mean, that was it. And if you don't check that comment right there, that's the thing with, where it's not even just an opinion. 
well, it is their opinion, but these other people who are reading that don't have the factual information to dispute what that person's yeah. saying. And I do because I did the research and uh, I can go through and uh, look at their sources, which were terrible, and just say exactly what's in those sources. But you can see there's a certain level where you want to interact with comments, but there are some comments where it's just completely a matter of opinion and there's no use trying to convince them. Like, yeah. it would be one thing... Wild West video with the... He couldn't have shot him from 75 yards. Sort of like... Yeah. That, those were a lot of comments because in our Wild West video, there was a shootout that happened and two cowboys, um, they have an actual du duel and one guy gets shot from 75 yards apart. Um, and so, like, right then, like, we, we got, like, a ton of comments saying, like, 75 yards, that's improbable. But we also got comments saying, like, I've been able to shoot 75 yards with this type of gun. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I did people, it before. Like, subtly <laughs> bragging. Like, actually, it's not that hard. I just did it in my backyard yeah. to a squirrel. But it's like, if, you were to, if we were to get an argument with them, you know it would be a, a 50-threaded argument where it's like, no, but here's the thing. The bullet descends at this rate, and then they link you to two, like, pop science articles about bullet descent and the physical laws. Yeah. And then, like, you're just like, it's just not worth well, it. Well, there's some that, like, it's maybe more applicable for us because it's factual information. They can say something that is just wrong. That, like, with the Easter Island guy who was disputing the claim in our video, he claimed that there's a map to South America on the back of Easter Island heads. Which just isn't true at all. Right. Yeah. And but so I can say, that's just wrong. No one believes that. You're an idiot. Except for that's you. That's inaccurate. Yeah. And so, uh, but for, for like this podcast, if you get a comment that says you're self-centered, it's going to be really hard for you to just come back and say, no, I'm not. I'm not. Actually, I gave to the soup kitchen last week. And then right. Just, that would make you seem more self-centered because right. now you're self-aggrandizing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like... And I think, I mean, I even talked about it, right, a little bit. I am a little self. I mean, it's called the SJ Primetime Show. Yeah. There is a little me in it, right? And yeah. it's about overcoming that and then acknowledging it and trying to and to do, you know, good with that. Or yeah. be, I, I mean, we talked about the selfish to selfless progression. And I think, I mean, yeah, I think. But then, like Chris said, like, no, we haven't done, said this on the podcast, but in, like, previous hangouts, Chris even said, everyone, to a high degree, is already default selfish. Like, when you wake up in the morning, and then, you know, you spend some money to go get a coffee somewhere, you're not thinking, I could have spent that money and donated it to children in Zimbabwe or something. Right. Yeah. Like, that, but every also, action you yeah. do is a selfish action. It's also by virtue of, of being in your body, you're going to care more about yourself. Like, yeah. even if you're a perfect, like, perfectly nice person, beyond your immediate needs, even hungry and thirsty, do you care, who do you, what do you care more about? Whether the vice principal of your school gets a nice countertop, or whether you get a nice countertop. You just, you will never see that countertop. You don't care what it's like. If they, if they have a nice countertop, give them a thumbs up. I don't care. I don't need to see it. Put your phone away. I don't need to see a picture of it. I know. I know what granite looks like. 
But you want nice that marble. Kind of Thank you. That's yeah. great. That's yeah. terrific. Yes, Uncle Remus. I know yeah. the catfish are huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> yeah. And so everyone to some extent is, is really like looking out for themselves. Um, even if you're a perfectly nice person who, if you did know about that other person's struggle, you would care about it a lot. You just can't care about everybody else as much as you care about yourself. Um, and I think, I mean, you see the same thing with, um, charity sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, St. Jude. No. <laughs> this wow. video has just been demonetized on YouTube. Just kidding. This actually, this Saint whole Jude, episode. Love you. Shout out to St. Jude. Yeah. <laughs> but it is funny. Um, so Joe and I were talking about like, uh, ancient Greek and Roman Stoic philosophy a couple weeks ago when we were at, um, Willows eating. Shout out to Willows. Shout out Willows. <laughs> uh, <laughs> People in, like, California will not understand that. <laughs> Most people. Uh, and so we were talking about the philosophy of Stoicism, and um, a lot of it is, it's really, it doesn't have anything to do with what we think about the modern use of the word Stoic, where it's just somebody with no emotions. But it's really just a system of evaluating your own emotions yeah. and starting to realize that... Um, that we aren't our emotions, but, and, and actually those emotions aren't really connected to external events. It's just our perception of those events. Yeah. That Mar Marcus Aurelius has, who's known as kind of like the father of Stoicism, um, Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, he kept a diary. He has a good quote which says, if something external to you, so the, back up, the Stoics, the school of philosophy in general, divide the world into externals and internals. The internals were your judgments of the world. The externals were things that would happen that you don't have control over. So you might not have control over the fact that it's going to be storming on the sea today. So maybe you're going to get mad because now you can't sail your boat. But the thing is, your internal disposition of being mad and being in a bad mood all day because you can't sail your boat isn't for one second going to control that storm and make it disappear. Mm -hmm. So the Stoics, like Marcus Aurelius, he has a beautiful quote from... Um, his, his meditations where he says, if, if something external to you, so something that you can't control with your own mindset, something external to you troubles you, it's not the thing in itself. It's not the thing that is actually e evil. It's your estimate of it. So he's saying that your own judgment of this external thing that you can't control is what's causing you suffering. And in, then he says after that, in this, your own judgment you have the ability to do away with at any moment. Yeah, and that so, is like so that gives a very liberating thing Damn. that really applies to anything. So Damn. you can look at the comment there and say, "Go, Marcus! So shout to Marcus Aurelius." It's <laughs> it's a problem in the way that we think about the world and use language to explain it. Um, so you would say that this comment made me feel upset, but if you're actually breaking it down and being honest, it's your opinion of that comment. That made you upset. Yeah. Because it is possible for another person to read, you know, uh, a successful podcaster or somebody who really feels good about their podcast to say, see that comment and then not feel bad about it. So the only, what the, what's the difference there? It's the same comment, but the only difference is the person's judgment of it. And so many people, it could be anything, um, 
you know, why is one person really nervous when they speak in front of a crowd? And why is one person really enthusiastic and excited about it? It's the same thing. The so, you, so you can't blame the crowd. You can't blame public speaking. You only blame your judgment of it. So one person sees it as an opportunity to show their, uh, their skill in public speaking or deliver a message. The other one looks internally and says, um, the crowd actually makes me nervous. But it's not actually the crowd that makes you nervous. It's what you think of the crowd. And you think of the crowd as a judge against yourself. And who cares if they're judging you? The only reason why you would care of that, care about that is if you think that they might have something true to reveal about you. So they might reveal you to actually be a fraud. Maybe you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're a terrible public speaker and they're going to laugh at you. And so you can really, that sort of uh, differentiation between um, an external object or event and our emotional state is like very powerful because you start to realize that you can't start blaming things on the world around you because they're, and you can just logically look at it. There are richer people than you, people who are much richer than you, much more famous than you, who are completely miserable, and people who are much more poor than you, and they're very happy. And so the only difference is how they're thinking of those things. Um, and I think, you know, that once you have the basic needs of survival, like if you're eating and you're not dying and you're kind of covering your bases that way, you can really like start to accept the world around you. And it doesn't mean that like you say you start settling, you say that's good enough, but you know, there still is something really powerful about it. And just knowing that you can change your perception of something. And so I'll say that to the kids. I'm not, I'm not preaching Marcus Aurelius to them, but one kid will say, like he, he goes after and punches another kid. That actually happened in program today. I'm not going to say who it was, <laughs> but he's telling me, he's just like, well, because they called me whatever, dumb. And said, and, and I was like, well, what is that? I don't get it. And I do get it. I don't, I know what he's trying to say, but I tried to act like, I don't get it. So he made a mean comment. Why does that make you hit him? And then now he has to confront the reality that, well, it made him hit him. No, it didn't make him hit the kid. It made him feel bad. And was it the kid saying that, that made him feel bad? No, it was his judgment of that. So there's some judgment, you know, you can imagine a world where people, somebody calling you dumb is always an insult. But people are going to be affected by it different ways. If you walk up to Albert Einstein and say, dude, you're you're straight up dumb. He's just going to be like, no. <laughs> and he's going to take it okay. Or somebody who even thinks they are dumb. If they don't care or they don't place stock into that person's opinion, then they're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I think the quote I was going to go with on uh, Marcus Aurelius was... And again, I'm probably butchering it here, but it's it's something to the effect of um, we care more about ourselves than all other people, yet hold the opinions of others in much higher regard of our, than ourselves. So our self-image is so much more informed by people that we 
like I was saying before, we're selfish. We think about ourselves more than other people. But then when it comes to their opinion of us, we defer to them. And we right. we yeah. kind of import our self-image. And that's like the most dangerous thing. If you're importing your self-image from other people, it's always going to be bad. Because you look at like the most beautiful Instagram models or celebrities. And so many of them are like really insecure. And you're just like, objectively, that person's really good looking. And... Uh, they don't feel good because they got a hundred comments that say that they're beautiful. And then two that say, actually, yeah, you look really overweight in this photo or, you know, whatever. And that ticks them off because they didn't feel good enough in themselves mm -hmm. uh, when they posted that. And so I think that's the same thing. I'm telling you to flaunt your curves. Yeah. And <laughs> We're going to... Uh, Take, pause real quick. I'm going to run and take a leak. I'm going to crack this Reese's. You keep it rolling, Joe, if you want. I'm going to let you just be an executive producer there. I'm going to take a leak. I got a question for you when I come back, Chris. All right. Welcome to History Dose. This is the History <laughs> Dose show. <laughs> we just took over. Yeah, I think one of the great things about Stoicism is that it just, there's like so much about it that just, it just makes you self-aware of your thoughts. Like... You realize how much of your own suffering, how much of your own anxieties is due solely to your imagination. And I think it's, it's like Seneca who had that quote about imagination, or was it Epictetus? They, um, well, I think it was Epictetus. It might have been Epictetus, um, who, he's another Stoic philosopher who came before Marcus Aurelius, and he said something along the lines of, we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. And that's just really powerful because I remember when I was starting um, job interviews to get a job after college, I just had so much anxiety going in. And part of it was just this negative imagination of they're going to do this. They're going to think this. Um, and like, first of all, that, that was the whole external thing. It's like, I don't have control over what people think. But second of all, all these nightmares and these, these haunted imaginations of, of what I thought could happen or what these people, even though I have no access to their first-person private view of me, their judgments of me, and I have no idea for certainty what they're thinking, I was just assuming, like, yeah, 90% chance they're going to think about this way. But then, like, just the Stoic philosophers, they just come in and they show you, like, hold on a second, you're suffering more in imagination than you are in reality. And what's going to happen is going to happen. So why do you need to... Why do you need to burden yourself with this with this suffering? And I remember reading, um, I believe it was Seneca, um, another Stoic philosopher, who said something along the lines of, we race towards our suffering before it arrives, if it even arrives at all. So job interview as that example. It's like, my suffering might be the potential um, of not getting the job or the potential of seeing someone... Um, make a harsh judgment or something passive-aggressive at me during the job interview. That might be my suffering that I'm afraid of. So why do I need to obsess over that for seven days prior? I'm rushing towards that suffering. That might not even happen. So it's just, it's really refreshing to know and to, to know how much liberty you have with your own imagination because we're so reactive at times that we're willing to, we're willing to imprison ourselves to our emotions without even questioning them. And, yeah. So are you saying like, <clears throat> if someone says something to me, right, you're an idiot. 
I allow them to piss me off by that. Like they don't that comment itself standing alone doesn't piss me off. It's yeah. me allowing them kind of in yeah. and allowing this person to make me feel this type of way because of yeah without even realizing without even realizing they they say something and I, now I've give I've granted them you have access yeah. to my like I'm I'm like yep come on in and then just mess with me it's not that what they said or how they said it it's me is that right yeah, yeah like Marcus Aurelius says um, we we never go up to people and chop off our arm or our fingers and say here you go here's a piece of my physical body but every day what we do is we say here you go, I'm going to chop off a piece of my mind and give it to you for the rest of the week. So now you own a piece of me and I'm going to be thinking about all of our interactions we had together and that, that stupid comment you said about me. So you're actually giving someone a piece of yourself when you don't really have to. That's, that's you who's doing that. But I think it becomes such a habitual process. And we do that so much that it really is like instinct. Yeah, to just and it's do not that. even, but it's not even just insults. It's not like, because I think the way you're framing it can be thought of as adversarial in a way. Like they're trying to get to me and I'm not going to let them. Like right. I'm going to cut them off. Right. But so many times it's much more innocuous than that. You're just giving a class presentation and people feel anxiety about that. You need to realize that, okay, nobody in the crowd you know, depending on what your class is like, wants you to feel nervous or mess up. Sure. Uh, but, you know, there's also a level where you're just, it's your projection onto them that um, they hold the power of your self-image. So what these guys think of my presentation right here might determine whether I think of myself as smart or a good speaker or funny or whatever you were planning on doing and so so what you're doing is you're placing your stock in them and so it isn't objectively that five people in a room cause anxiety it's that your per, your perception whatever judgment whatever opinion you have of the idea of presenting to people that's what's causing you anxiety and so it's a it's a really liberating thing because you can't change the fact that there are five people in the room watching you, but you can change your thought about yeah. that. And and I and you can never change the fact that there's going to be mean comments on your videos. Right. But you can yeah. start to change your perception. Yeah. And I think also starting to identify with the fact that um, you're somebody who is trying to work on those. Yes. Yeah. So that's right. It, it, because then yeah. if you start to say I'm a reactive person. There are so many people that get stuck in the same personality because they'll say like, oh, I'm really stubborn or like, I'm hard to get along with, but, uh, you know, they're the same girls that have on their Facebook, you know, a bunch of selfies and it says, if you can't handle me at, wor at my worst, don't, you can't, you don't deserve me at my best. <laughs> Shout out to selfie girls on Facebook who do that. And, Shout uh, out to you. <laughs> it's just like, you know I don't you are, want your best. Right. <laughs> so then are we trying to... Like for the listeners, like, like what's, I guess, what's the message here? I guess like, what are we, go for it? Well, I, yeah, don't, I mean, don't, it could, like, don't even. Yeah, but I, I think it comes down to like every form of anxiety. So whether it's a goal that you want to pursue, whether it's you really wanted to become an artist or um, you just wanted a promotion at, at your job, it might be something like that, but it might also just be something like, you don't really 
feel comfortable talking to this member of your family. Which is very real for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Myself included. Yeah. I have some family and members so, that I'd shy away from because yeah. I, I don't know. And some you don't want to talk to, but some, <laughs> right. some you do want to talk to, but you feel some anxiety talking to them. Right. And so it, it can be really helpful to start to think of it in the ways that I'm not afraid of talking to, let's say, Uncle Brian, you're... <laughs> Because Uncle he Brian. framed you. He framed you. So. You son of a <laughs> bitch. You're not afraid of talking to Uncle Brian, for example. You, you can just break that down to its most basic beliefs, which is, so you're not afraid. You just, you are, you have fear about being uncomfortable. Why would you feel uncomfortable talking to him? Um, now that's where you start to pare things down. So that's your judgment on the event. So Uncle Brian isn't scary by himself. But your judgment of it is that you would feel uncomfortable and you would feel uncomfortable because uh, he might reveal the fact that he doesn't really want to be involved in your life. You know, that could be somebody with like their stepdad or or whatever, their biological dad who doesn't want to see them. And you're afraid that they might say that and then it's going to become a reality. Maybe in your mind you could somehow fantasize that they actually wanted to be a part of your life. But just hearing it that they don't want to is really scary. But then it can help motivate you to start to do those things because you realize, oh, I'm not afraid of that. What I'm afraid of is feeling discomfort or actually maybe I'm just afraid of finding out the truth. And you shouldn't really be afraid of feeling momentary discomfort or especially if you're actually finding out the real truth about something. And so I always think like whatever you have fears or anxiety... Uh, you don't have to go and read um, ancient Stoic philosophy, but it can be helpful to just really start to question the the way that you're thinking about something and the language you're using to talk about it. Yeah. And so instead of saying, this thing makes me upset, break that down. That's not a good enough reason to be upset. Yeah. Like you Why can't you find... what Like I... Like, I remember writing something down in my, my journal one day, and I was really anxious about some event. I was just like, I, for some reason, I just wrote down, where's that anxiety? Find that anxiety. Can you point it out? And I would answer it in my journal. I was like, can you point out where in the world is that anxiety? And then I was like, okay, well, what can I point to? It's like, I could point to that upcoming event that I'm anxious about, but it's not like that upcoming event is some concrete form of this instantiation of anxiety it's just this is what anxiety is in itself is this event and i was like oh wait i found out after i asked all those questions the only place i could find that anxiety was inside myself so i realized that okay so that's where the source is that's where the source of my anxiety is that's where my problem lies isn't in this event it's in my estimate of it it's in my judgment of that event and i think what chris was saying was like really Whenever you feel reactive or you feel like in the moment, like, oh my gosh, you can't do this, or or you start doubting yourself, you should really start to doubt your own doubt and start to question, like, okay, why am I, why am I thinking this way? What is, like Chris said, like, you break it down, you figure out, right. why can't what's the core I? belief? Because it's obviously Brian isn't a villain who's going to torture me or something. It's like, he just framed you and texted all those girls <laughs> from Westbrook. Uncle Brian. Shout out to Uncle Brian. <laughs> You're done. And, and so, it's just really, there's also another cool thing called rational emotive behavioral 
behavioral therapy, which came out in the mid-20s. Say that slower. Rational? Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy. It came out in the mid-20th century. I'm, I can't remember the psychologist's name, but he was one of the first people to introduce something known as cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what psychologists and psychiatrists use now to help people with depression, suicide, mental illnesses who have bad defective thought patterns. And he, Which, hold on, can, I just cut, can we all agree that we're a little depressed and we all are a little weird? Can we just like kill that stigma? Yeah, like after, can after we, like, you go I to actually me? don't have negative emotions. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, Chris, you're I'm a f- f- robot, like, dude. After, after <laughs> no. the age of 12, you're just going to Can we just depressed. agree that we're all on that same page and that we're all in it together a little bit there? Dude, we're you all feel feeling, sad? I don't <laughs> Like, we feel a little sad, a little depressed, and a little, little weird sometimes. I reasoned that, myself out of that. No, I never have <laughs> negative emotions. And I'm always happy. What are you talking about? At the, at the SJ Primetime show, we're always happy. We're always <laughs> I happy. To, I told SJ. you off air to be happy. Be happy, you son of a... Smile. <laughs> Smile, damn it. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Joe, but it's like... Sadness, depression, these are all terms that we all can relate to, but when we yeah. hear those, we're almost like, oh, no, 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 that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, oh, whoa, whoa, I'm not, not depressed, I'm not sad. And that's the problem, too, is like... Uh, yeah, we are. Psychiatrists is that you have a certain number of people who will go and get diagnosed as having anxiety or depression, but everybody always has some sort of bout with them. And it's only... Really what that means is chronic anxiety or chronic depression, but it doesn't mean that... Other people haven't felt that for a momentary amount of time. And it also doesn't mean that chronic is any less worse, but it does mean that, you know, you can't say that I'm not an anxious person if you feel super confident in 98% of the things you do in your life, but then you feel insecure when, you know, you're in a certain other environment. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Anyways, back to my point. No, I'm just kidding. No, so I jumped in there because when you when you said those terms, I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah. that's not. And then I was like, wait a minute, no, I have to jump in and just say we're all <laughs> we're all in the same boat. We're all in that boat. Yeah, no matter like even even the most confident person in the world, even you know like like um, like even like someone that you might perceive as like a celebrity who's super confident who can go out there, go on the red carpet, who can do these movies and stuff like. They still have these bouts of anxiety. Like, you don't know what they're going through. Um, but, like, I was saying that abbreviate R-U-B-T. Um, and it was the first form of cognitive behavioral therapy. But the guy was inspired to create it by actually looking at the Stoic philosophers. Because he was like, oh, these guys have a great way of thinking that we've kind of lost. Which was, we've become way too reactive way too willing to lend credence to these these emotions that just plague us at every moment like like you might immediately you might start thinking about something in the future like oh my gosh that's so scary and then you just judge it as that thing is scary and you don't think oh wait maybe the scariness is just me thinking that it's scary maybe i can change something about my thought right about yeah. its scariness right. it's not like when you look at a thing you just like if if you were to put that thing in front of like a thousand different people, it's not like every person's gonna say, "Yeah, that thing's scary." You're probably gonna have like eighty percent of people say, "I don't really understand it." You'll probably have a good amount of people that say, "Like, yeah, it's not scary at all. Like, that actually seems fun." So, like Chris was saying, it's all subjective, and you get to see that what you take to be objective. And this is one thing that really helped me out with like my own worries and stuff is that we often confuse 
the subjective with the objective. We often confuse re uh, imagination with reality. So we begin to think, my thoughts and my worries, my subjective perception of the world, that's how it objectively is. And I think that's what people with depression have, is like, um, when, when you get really sad and you're depressed, you begin to think, objectively, that's how the world is. It's the soulless, empty world that, and the universe doesn't care about you and you're on your own. But, and not to say like, oh, people with depression, it's as easy as listening to the Stoics or something, but it, it kind of has that sort of, you get stuck in your own, in your own mind, this cyclical subjective view of reality. Because, you know, someone like, like someone who's really happy and confident, who's having a great day, even though they might be in debt or something, they might be in debt like the, like another person down the street who's also in debt, but this person in debt is like, you know what, I'm feeling pretty damn good about myself. You know, like, I might be in debt, but, you know, I think I have some good skills and I could use them to do this. I could start a podcast with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think I'm a pretty valuable person. But another person who might be like, oh, you're in debt, he's like, oh, man, damn it, my, my life is going down the drain. My dog died last month. No girl wants to date me because... Because last week, the girl didn't even show up to the date. Wow, my life is worthless. But then you go to the same exact guy with the same exact... Uh, a guy with the same exact situation, literally two blocks down the street. It's like, my life is pretty damn good. And I'm going to make something of this. So it just shows you it's, it's all mindset. It's right. all mindset. Right. Like, and whether or not you want to harness that potential, that's completely up to you. Yeah, and that's the benefit, I think, of... It's like either talking to a psychiatrist or just talking about your emotions... Or journaling. Or, yeah, journal. journaling, writing things down. Or podcasting. Yeah. yeah. Like, we do that right yeah. now. We're self-aware hey, of our emotions. This is a diary. Yeah. Well, I think you were saying... It's a diary for hundreds of people. It is. You texted Welcome. me a couple days ago, and you said that you were experiencing imposter syndrome. Yes. I think. That was the term. So elaborate on that. Shout out to imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. I don't even know where I came from. Oh, wait, you should have imposter syndrome because there actually is an imposter. <laughs> Sam Johnson. Different kind of imposter yeah, syndrome. Actually, we can actually say he has imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Okay, define it. It's kind of like, loose definition is like when you're feeling inadequate to fulfill a certain role or kind of like a who am I to be... Where you are. Where you are, or the voice of this, or the advocate for that, or like, who am I to be, like, starting a podcast, or who am I to be, you know, doing anything in life? Like, who am I to write a book? Like, someone might be 35 years old, and they're going to write a book. Well, who, who am I to write a book at 35? I don't have all the answers, or it's just this idea of, like, you're not good enough to succeed in a certain yeah. role or you're you don't have the prerequisites or you didn't you don't have the experience or the the credits or whatever it may be but it's like you're feeling like i'm not good enough to do this or i can't or i should let someone else with more experience or more background or more yeah. and so yeah, what was, were you feeling that for like your podcast? teaching job i think i think a lot of it I think it's sort of blended, you know, I think the imposter syndrome, I think most of it came from the podcast, but a lot of it, you know, in my professional life as well, someone who's coaching and I'm in year five now and I'm starting to finally just now in year five, coming into my own a little bit, feel like I know what I'm talking about. The first few years, it's kind of like, no business coaching these, like, you know what I mean? I'm not, yeah. I didn't play at the college level. I wasn't a stand, as you guys know, yeah. I wasn't a standout in high well, school football. You guys saw that play. <laughs> you saw my play. I didn't score. Okay, it was good. It didn't amount to nothing, but 
Um, but so just oh, like who am I to coach or tell? For example, be explosive. You know, I'm telling a wide receiver, get a good stance, a good start, catch the football. I led my team in drops. You know, it's like, who am I to tell this kid to catch the ball when I dropped a million of them when I was in school? Or who am I to tell this kid to to study hard and and do your homework when I didn't, you know, but I didn't necessarily do those things. But now I'm I'm at a point where I feel like I'm I'm starting to kind of figure it out a little bit. And again, I'm, 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 I'm coming into my own a little bit as a person. I don't have any answers at all. I have way more questions than I do answers, but I took this survey a couple of years ago and there was this word intentionality that really stood out to me. And, and what intentionality is, it's like three different phases of you. One is what you think of yourself, right? Your like personal reality of yourself. And then there's what you want that reality to be, like your vision of yourself. And then there's like the actual perception from the outside looking in. And for me, the goal is to sort of align those three things. What, yeah. who, I, who I wanna be, with who I actually am, with who the outside world thinks that I am. Yeah. You know, cause I talk the talk, but I don't know that I always walk the, you know, and now I'm trying to sort of walk that walk. You know, overcome adversity. We post memes and gifts and, oh, you know, me to my haters. And it's like a, yeah, whatever face, but no, I read the comments. I hear the call. I want to cry over, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, am I so upset? It? Oh my God, I'm the worst. I never want a podcast again. You know, it's like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. But it's like, for me, it's about matching who I, who I want to be with who you think I am, with who I actually am. It's trying yeah. to align those things. And that imposter syndrome, I think it manifests itself. It defines it, that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, but, you know, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. I also yeah. think there it's also helpful to really define what you're fearing too. And so um, what would it mean for you to not be an imposter? Like who could be in your role and not be an imposter? What, what separates you from them? What would a good, a qualified coach look like? Somebody in your place, how could you not be an imposter? Would it be someone who didn't drop that many passes and – in high school, is he yeah. more qualified to tell somebody? But then you look, okay, there are really good basketball coaches or football coaches that never played in the pros. Brad Stevens of the Celtics, like, yeah. that guy's never making the NBA. Or some of these, like, Coach K, like... Coach Belichick. Yeah, they would get wrecked if they ever played. <laughs> but... I agree. But it's like, they... They have the stones to just, like, kind of step up and say, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Right. And no one's gonna be like, yeah, I could wreck Belichick if we just if we just lined up right now. And, and everybody could. Yeah, I could. And like, <laughs> and uh, this isn't an, uh, an exact analogy, and it's kind of a little silly, but like, it's like you you always have those things where like you go to a hospital and you see a nurse who might know have all of her medical data completely accurate. She knows what's good to you. She knows what you need. She knows what type of illness you have. She can pinpoint every you know defective health thing and can she knows how to make a healthy person but she's also 83 pounds overweight (laughs) she smokes and she eats too many doritos it's like the fact that like she she might not practice what she preaches doesn't take away from the fact that she's a damn good nurse and she knows what she's talking about still right like so even if you were the worst hypocrite and you're super lazy and you never you were a horrible football player, you couldn't do anything and, and you're awful in school, that doesn't take away from the fact that you're like speaking truth to these kids, you know? Yeah, and I think 
I'm 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 growing in the role as a as a coach, as a teacher, as a podcaster. I'm I'm growing. I think one thing I don't know where I heard this, if I saw it, if I I don't know what it was, but for me it's this constant balance and I'm trying to kind of live between these lines that and I understand because my dad is beating into my head. You're not better than anyone else. Like you're not. You're just another dude in the world. I am better than no man. I am better than no man. Just like everybody else. But in that same token, no man is better than me. <laughs> and for the listeners, like you're not better. You're we're not better. You're not better than anybody else in the world. But no one's better than you. You know yeah. what I mean? And for me personally, it's like I'm trying to find that balance of like beating my chest and feeling proud about where I'm at and what I'm doing, but also knowing like, hey, I got a long way to go. We got a long way to go to get to where we want to be. So to answer your question about what would it look like, I don't know. I don't think I ever want to know. Yeah. Because I think that's a little bit of fire underneath me that's... But I always think with the imposter syndrome, there's always some illusion that you're not even maybe consciously thinking about, but you might think, man, if I had played... Uh, football in college then I'd right. be qualified to do this but there are a lot of like CEOs who's like oh, maybe if I had like a PhD in economics then I'd be qualified but there are other CEOs who do have that but I don't I just have a bachelor's right. or a master's and it's like mm-hmm. I agree because even if I that. if you're doing a good job you are fit for that role and imposter syndrome they say is very common among uh, grad school grad school students especially med school students who they can be doing well in school. And actually, they said this, like, when I went to Cornell, the first, like, the orientation, they said, there's going to be a lot of you who feel like you got in as a fluke, and none of it was a fluke. Now, I did meet some people there where I was like, that's probably a fluke. A little fluke. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a fluke, but, dude. <laughs> but they at least said, no flukes. You guys are all meant to be here. And that actually helped me psychologically because I was saying... You know, you never know because you're sitting next to these other kids and like, yeah, so uh, what are you better at, like English or math? And they're like, uh, math, but I got a perfect score on both on the SAT. And you're just like, cool. So why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I'll go bleep yeah. myself. Oh, my God. Good talk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's challenging, man. And like, I, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, Joe. You're on you're on a mission there. But it was like the depression and the, it's like we all it's so relevant. Yeah, we all associate with that stuff, and we all we're so much alike. We're more. I would argue we're more alike than different. I think that's partly due to like we live in the digital age where everyone can, you know, instead of feel motivated to go out and talk to someone, you just go on your phone or something. Or mm-hmm. the news too. The news is so depressing because that's what sells is, you know, right. blood, guts, political turmoil, and war. I mean. Every time you turn on the news, it's like, you live in a really shitty world, and here's more of it. Right. And I think that's that's part of the, it, too, is that people feel dissatisfied with the world. They feel dissatisfied with their, with their place in it. And I really bet, like, almost everyone monthly goes through some type of imposter mode. Like, like I, I go through it, like, thinking, like... Oh, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I even here? Right. Like, like right. when when Chris first Chris, yeah. Chris doesn't go through this stuff because Chris is a robot. Well, I actually imposter. don't. Well, I usually don't imposter. suffer imposter syndrome, but that <laughs> might be due to like some arrogance or something. Like that. Well, because I always just look around, and the way I do it is, I can kind of compare. You can always think of somebody who was less qualified than you or less competent than you. 
maybe not in the same organization or company, but somebody has done more than you with less. Right. And so if they can do that, why can't I? Well, that's so what, I yeah. never get caught in the trap of thinking like, oh man, I'm not supposed to be here. Cause I can look, even if I don't know that person somewhere in my mind, I'm like, okay, there's an idiot out there who uh, isn't very good at public speaking and uh, isn't a very good writer. And uh, he loses his temper really quickly. And I don't have those problems. And he's doing, and he's making triple my salary. And he's, uh, you know, decorated in this position or something. It's like, okay, so I should be good where I am, you know. Um, and that's why, like, when I would have really hard classes at Cornell, that's when I took non-history classes. Like when I, I was given like the science and stuff, but like I took a calc class and I had only cool. taken pre-calc. <laughs> in high school and so I was taking a full on calc class against like I said a lot of these kids had perfect scores on their math SAT and it's a curved class so <laughs> it it required so much effort but like the thing that kept motivating me was like okay there are people who have done well in this class who had less math intuition than me Maybe not this class, but some Cal class somewhere, they've made it work. And maybe it's super hard work. Maybe it's memorizing how to do this problem, this problem. And that's kind of what I had to do. And I did okay. But, you know, I know I wouldn't, I, did, I had an average score right. and it was curved to a B, which kind of sucked, but it was like, it took so much effort to get there. Wait, what sucked? That you got, you only got a B? Yeah, I mean, wow. but, but that's like Over the average. G- I was gonna say, wait a minute, you got a B, like, yeah, that, that really killed my GPA. A B would have, especially would have helped my GPA. Chris, Chris has never had depression. He's never been sad. He's never had imposter jump. He's and pissed. his lowest grade is a B. He's pissed that. Get the hell out of this room. God I put an A plus effort and I got a B. <laughs> I would see. I would stay after. They would have all these calc info sessions. I would meet like with the teacher outside of class and try to learn all of these things. And so I never wanted that to keep me back from like doing well. The fact that I know on some level, you can't say everyone's equal ability at everything. Some people just have a better math mind than others. Doesn't mean that I can't learn math, but it does mean if I'm being graded against people who have a better math mind than me, I need to work really hard. And that's what I had to do. And it took so much effort and so much stress. And uh, it was terrible. <laughs> Dude, one of the things that I will say, I mean, about you, Chris, is that you've helped me you're so much. You're a, you're a prick. <laughs> no. Well, you are a prick, but no. Because <laughs> um, I, I asked you, because I lean on you personally, professionally, whatever it may be. But, and, you, and you too, Joe. But Chris, I asked you, like, how do you deal with a video that maybe, like, that you know is legit, but it only gets 100 views or 1,000 views where... And your response was something, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was something along the lines of, I'm like, okay, whatever. That's underrated video. I know it's better produced, or I I know it's legit. And it's underrated. And you use that language underrated um, or underappreciated or whatever it was. But for me, that was like, okay, I like that. It's like that swagger about your own content or feeling positive about what what your mission is or... Or like me personally knowing at times, sure, I'm a little self-centered. I'm a little, you know, narcissist. Sure, I'll, I'll give you that. But for overall, I, I'd like to think I do more good than I do bad or that I'm a net positive 
and I give more than I take. I take stuff, sure. I'm selfish. That's what I do. I, I mean, we're people. We, do, you know. But I'd like to think that I give more. And I don't mean taking physically, taking things. But I'm saying like giving out to the unit, holding doors, or saying please and thank you, and just doing things. And so when you said that about, you know, it's underrated. Whatever. I just make the next one, and I know that that video was yeah. awesome. Yeah, and it's just low key. Our like, philosophy, whatever. as I said to Chris, like. Just keep on, you know, just keep on buying that lottery ticket every time. It's sort of like right. you keep on creating new content. Like, mm -hmm. wow, this one we got a thousand views in like two days. That's not a lot. And then you're like, okay, we'll move on to the next yeah. one and because we know we have really good content. Right. It's just a matter of people know. It. It's like your opinion of it, of uh, content that you produce or, um, or yourself should come from yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what the why. The why has to be from within. It has yeah. to be from you. Yeah. And so the creator, listeners, if you've got a why, show me. Let's yeah. see it. And so me, come me, on. me saying I think it's underrated. Hashtag what's your why? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, me saying it's underrated isn't me saying I, I think this is a flawless piece. I mean, we go back like two, three videos ago and we're just like, okay, that we really messed up there. That's bad. We wouldn't do it that way. And we still see it with our content today. But um, those opinions are my opinions of my video. And maybe my opinion can be informed by other comments. Maybe somebody brings up something I didn't see and they say, yeah. oh, man, this animation didn't really make sense. Why'd you do it? And I can say, oh, yeah. But it's up for me to consider whether I'm going to take that criticism. <laughs> and that's what you should do with everything. Or like so the audio. If you feel something's really good and you look at all the pieces and you say, okay, this is a good piece of content. Or if it's not your content, maybe it's yourself. I feel like my performance as a teacher is good. Then it doesn't really matter if someone makes one comment or 20 people make that same comment. Maybe if 20 people are saying it, you listen a little bit more. Sure. But it's still up to you to decide whether you think you're doing a good job or not. Yeah. Like, like there is a there is kind of like certain lines you have to draw, though, where you have to delineate between... Is this criticism legit or not? And I mean, there's haters going hate. Yeah, there's this mindset where like <laughs> someone comes in and says, "Wow, this is sourceless, stupid material." And if you're confident in your own ability and you're confident that you think this is a good video, you're just like, "Oh, that's just not true." So I don't care about that because that's the same as some guy coming up to me and saying, "The moon, the moon is made of cheese, and I have a nose that's forty foot long." And you're like, "That's not true." So I'm not going to believe that. Right. And and so, so you can just discard that easily. But what we did notice was our audio wasn't perfect. And I did get told by some friends and some people in the comments, like, like audio could be a little better. And so we considered that and we were like, okay, that's something that actually is true. So we cashed out and got a really good mic. And part of that was actually, we were able to buy the mic because of the Patreon donations we were getting. So it was, it was just really great. And, and that's... I think that's sort of like the thing you have to understand too is like you have to figure out when you're being reactive and when you're like, like this person's probably just, this is just BS and right. I should treat it like BS. Right. Like if someone said like, if someone came up to you and said, you're a, a black leprechaun, you'd be like, 
that's not true and you're delusional. Right. So like, and I'm going to continue my yeah, day. And I'm going to continue my day. Nuts. You're just some weird guy on the street. Right. right. And so that's kind of what you have to treat those comments as too. It's like, if you're confident that mm-hmm. you're not a black leprechaun mm-hmm. and the same reason, the same reason that you, you're confident that you have a, a really good podcast and you're not a selfish bastard, mm-hmm. then like, you should treat it <laughs> the same way as someone comes up to you calls you a black leprechaun. Hell yeah. And I think, I tell Sarah, I joke with Sarah, my sweetie pie all the time. It's like, don't let me get momentum. Don't let me get any confidence. That swagger. Right? Because then I feel like, and I feel like anyone, a listener, like when do you feel confident about something? When you feel good? or you feel empowered? Then that's when you're going to start kind of building momentum and moving yeah. forward. And it, and that's what I feel like we're doing. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I feel, I mean, I've been thinking about this since, since, since Trey, man, since May 2004. The podcast, you mean? Yeah, well, it, it, at that time, it wasn't necessarily the <laughs> podcast. It was about Trey doing a flag football tournament or a fundraiser or a 5K or something or doing something for somebody else to, to you know, a golf tournament or something for Trey. And by the time I had created a Google Doc and put some ideas down and called some people and I mean, you know, go back and listen to the why. I mean, that chronological order of buddies, and it was just like, man. And 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 this was a way for me to sort of talk about those things. And eventually, we're gonna create platforms and, and donation stations or whatever you want to call it in in memory of these guys. And yeah. you know, my yeah. walks or relays for life or whatever the case may be. Um, but I know that it's a genuine why. That good. That guy said, you know. Your buddy dies. The first thing you think of is you, meaning the first thing I think of is me. And no, the first thing I think of is Trey's mother, Nancy, his younger brother, Ashton, uh, his family. And and then I think of me, though. And then I, and then it comes back to me like, whoo, I didn't die. Yeah. Like, whoo, I'm still here. What am I going to do with my life? Like, yeah, at a certain point, it does come back to me. <laughs> and then I need to figure out, okay, Jesus. The clock's on. How am I going to make the most of my time or, or how am I going to, you know, do, what am I going to do about it? Am I going to feel sorry and just sulk or am I going to try to, you know, turn this into something positive? And I, and I've naturally been a glass half full guy. I try, I try to be, um, but it is, it's discouraging. Sometimes you hear these comments, but it's not about ignoring them or like you said, saying, Oh, that's not me or it's about acknowledging it and sort of internalizing it and saying, you know what? I'm not a black leprechaun. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm not self-centered. There are moments or windows of time where I am. The decisions I make are based on selfishness. And I think we all do that and we all need to do that to a certain point, you know, but then it's about overcoming that. And then how can I help others or how can I make something good come of this? Because at the end of the day, I mean, I'm 25, 50, what, 50? 60 years? I mean, hopefully. What's the, I don't know the median age. It depends or, on your lifestyle. It depends choices. on my lifestyle. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, Realistically, though, it's like you just had pizza and kick. I just had. I'm, I'm about to dig into a Reese's. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just, you know, yeah. I, so twenty to thirty more years. That's... I got about ten years left. Let's be yeah. realistic. <laughs> no. And so live fast, die young. That's right. And and I think I don't know. I, I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to build some momentum. I think in my in my professional life, in my personal life, and I think. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited about the opportunity to work with you guys moving forward. I'm excited to, to, to see what develops. I'm excited to, to continue to, to search and to not have answers and to, and to ask questions and to, you know, see kind of what transpires and how it transpires. I, I feel like, and that imposter syndrome, it's like, I'm, oh, I got a podcast. Listen, tune in. And 
inspirational. Like, what do we call this thing? I don't know. I'd like to talk some sports. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the Pats defense. You know what I'm saying? At a certain point, I know you're a Packers guy. Who's your team? You're an NFL. You're an MMA. Guy. I I don't really follow. Yeah, a lot of sports. You're a you're a who's your UFC guy. Um, we're going lightweights. Who's your guy? Welterweight, featherweight. I mean, who who do you got? I mean, I, I would like Conor McGregor to make a return. I also like Dustin Poirier. Okay. Uh, I don't like Khabib that much. Khabib, you're not a Khabib guy. I I respect him. Okay. I respect him, but I think he's like he's. He's good. He's really good. He's but good. he takes everything to the ground, and I mean, I mean. Yeah, that that's skill. But I like to I like to see people you know stand up and play too. Well, are you a boxing fan? I don't really watch boxing. Because they have a no. sport. There's a sport for that. Yeah, true. <laughs> I was gonna ask because earlier and now, well, the angle and I know that we're we're audio right now. We will get some cameras in here soon. But have you been working out? Are you, are you like? No, I, I'm just wearing a too tight shirt. Too t- no. <laughs> <laughs> if you are you guys have you guys been going to the gym at all? I haven't been just to a gym in a while. I I do calisthenics. Okay. What does that mean? What is that? So that's all body body weight stuff. Body weight. So dips, pull ups. Believe it or not, listeners, I'm not a weight room guy. I'm not a gym guy. Stick with the recess. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) stick with the yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think I'm building. We're we are building momentum. You know what I mean? We are building momentum, and I think for me. I'm going to read the comments. I'm going to see the thumbs down. We're going to see that stuff. You're going to see the comments on Reddit. You're going to, at times, pick and choose your spots about when to, when to comment back, when to speak out, and when to just kind of let it let it marinate. Let it marinate a little bit and let it just sort of be there. And whatever. Let it turn into something or let it dissolve. But I think for me personally, I feel good about where I'm at. And I feel good about yeah. where I'm going. And I think, so, as we're wrapping this up, I think... One of the plans that we have too is also going um, two hours. to bring on some guests, um, you know, besides me and Joe, but someone maybe it's an expert mm. or somebody who we who can speak to some subject. Right. And if you're talking about anxiety, maybe you bring in a psychiatrist that has experience with that or a professor that studied it. Um, those are just yeah. speculative ideas, but. That's what we'd eventually like to have. Is Maybe it's Bill Belichick. Yeah, we could he's have a head him. football coach. Yeah, he's a terrible football player, so. <laughs> yeah, we can get some more bad football players, not just me. We can get some <laughs> get some more on here. <laughs> but Chris and I were even talking about, there's this guy who wrote a book that's, that's got like kind of moderate attention, and he's been studying our over-reliance on AI and treating it like it's super intelligent and that it's going to rule the world and... And we become way too reliant on it, and he thinks that's actually going to end up ruining us psychologically. Mm. So we were thinking, like, we... I mean, it's not a long shot. The guy's not, like... He's not, like, some famous guy in the sure. heights of academia. Yeah, people it's call not a long him. shot to just email some guy at his university, like, right. his university email and say, like, Hey, dude, I know you're a professor in this department, and you wrote this really cool book about AI. Can we Skype you in and do a podcast with you? 20 minutes? Yeah. Can you, can you give us 20 minutes on 20 minute Saturday? podcast, and then we could do 20 minutes talking to him. 40 minutes afterwards, we just talk about it, too, afterwards, right. too. Yeah. Right, So I think that that's where this thing is headed, right? The first couple of episodes have, I think, the why... Wait a minute, we, we'll, we'll title this one after. We'll, we'll see. Maybe the how or the where. Who knows what we'll call <laughs> it. But it's sort of taking a mind and shape of its own, but I think eventually this becomes, yes, a sort yeah. of guest forum. We're going to get some... We're going to get some visual... We're, we're in the new studio, live, Portland, Maine. We recorded the first one in South Portland. Um, 
So things are happening, and hopefully you guys can see it with the logo, with the trailer, with episode one. You can see this thing kind of developing right before our eyes in real time. Um, it's heading in the right direction. Um, <laughs> I've surrounded myself with some dudes that are Joe and Chris that know what they're doing. I said the Duffer Brothers that does Stranger Things. Things yeah. yeah, well, the Feely Brothers, like, know, know the name, you know what I mean? Know, know the name, and you'll say, wait a minute, the Feely. I, you'll, you'll be saying, listeners now, We'll be saying, oh yeah, I listened to those guys back in the 5,000 subscriber days when they were on History Dose just starting, but I can't help but think the three of us are headed for, yeah, and I don't even know what it, what we want. Yeah. I, I don't know where we want to go, we're but... get canceled for making some offensive jokes on this podcast. <laughs> oh, shoot, Black Leprechaun. You know, all, all those Black Leprechauns right now listening to this are so pissed like, off. We're tearing them down. We're bringing them down. So, like 10 years from now, what did you mean when you said... Black leprechaun. <laughs> exactly. Dude, we need to have like a, a PR podcast where we bring on a black leprechaun and we apologize to We say, him. listen to you. Hey, yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> we didn't know. It's no, nothing personal. Right. Hey, man. This is good stuff. Okay. Guys, thank I you for tuning in. that's a wrap. Yeah. Hey. SA Primetime Show, man. Thank you guys for Hear listening. Hear the theme song. All right. See ya. Mmm.